Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio KLBJ. They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. It is 4.03. Thank you for joining us. We've got Kyle producing right now as we take you all the way to 6 o'clock live and local. We just carried a good portion of President Biden's comments live from Brownsville. And now we're getting your reaction to what he said at 512-836-0590. Nicholas is with us from Pflugerville. Good afternoon, Nicholas. How you doing, sir? Very well. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love your show. I listen to it every day. I'm a road service technician, so I do a lot of driving. Um, my, my comment is about climate control and the EPA emission laws and all that. It's kind of like crazy that we have to follow all these rules. Like we live in this bubble, like that movie of Jim Carrey, like like the United States is in this bubble, but yet all these other countries are not following these laws. So it's like they're collecting money for what to, to do absolutely nothing because all these other countries aren't following these laws or doing climate control things. It, it's a big scam. So uh, when the president uh, talked about the climate crisis as it relates to the big fire in the Texas panhandle, uh, is that what went through your mind, uh, Nicholas? You thought, okay, here comes the scam talk again? Yeah, I do. You know, you see all these smoke from all these factories and everything else overseas, and and they do nothing about it. I mean, it's a fire. It'll burn out. You know what I mean? It goes in the sky. It goes away. You know what I mean? We're not living in a bubble. The United States is not just its own place. It's like they're collecting money for just the United States, like we live in a bubble. Nicholas, thanks so much. You have a good afternoon. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. Uh, This is Sam on KLBJ at 4.05. How are you this afternoon, Sam? Doing great. Hope y'all are doing well, too. Yes, sir. Welcome aboard. Well, I've got two points. One, I thought that speech by Biden was amazing, but from the perspective that he didn't make any significant stumbles or or gaffes, which begs the question, when he was talking to the special prosecutor being interviewed, was he faking senility? to avoid prosecution. Second point, um, I just wanted to point out that by not enforcing the existing immigration laws that he's violating his oath of office to faithfully execute the laws of the U.S. That's it. Sam, on your first point, he had teleprompters that were there. They were indoors. He was reading. um, and, And I'm going to guess that in the interview with her, it was actually him talking with no help, no cue cards, no teleprompter. So that that tells you the difference in being able to think for yourself and and communicate that as to having it written for you and you reading it. Um, To your second part, it is interesting that he's talking about how long the asylum process takes and that we need to speed that up. And, And in the meantime, they're just 
here for years and years. Well, part of remain in Mexico was you remained in Mexico until it was time to yes. have your asylum case heard. And who was it that reversed that? The same man that's complaining about the, how long it takes for the asylum claims. Mm-hmm. And having them here and how that encourages more people to come. Thank you for the call, Sam. Have a good one. First day in office. He signed the order to put an end to remain in, in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elias is with us. It's 407 Mark and Melinda. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I listen to you guys every day. Um, I'm a security guard, so I've got plenty of times on my on my hands. But my I have a kind of a question and a comment. Yes. When he uh, said that he wanted to uh, allocate more money for more judges and 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 reduce the time for uh, these illegals um, to get a you know a hearing or whatever have you, that it so are we. It, it sounds like he's dancing around his words because on one side he's saying that we need more border security, which I'm all for. Yes, okay, of course we need that. But and then on the other side he's saying he wants to hire more, more judges, and that way he can reduce the time from seven, eight years, or whatever the case is, to, to, to six months. Okay, so are, are we going to give these people quicker access to our tax dollars? Is that is that what he's saying? I mean, because that, that that sounds what I, like what what I hear that he's saying. In some ways, yes. It sounds like he definitely wants to fast forward the process of everything. And I think that's interesting that you said he's talking about we need more border security. I haven't heard the word security come out of his mouth. He said toughest. uh, He wanted tougher border reform and he wanted more border patrol agents. But the agents are for processing. They're not for securing the border. The judges are for processing, getting them into the country and perhaps getting them uh, whether or not they're going to get asylum or not, which the majority of them will not. And then go ahead. I I apologize. No, go ahead. See, that's what what concerns me. Him saying that we we need more border security and, you know what I mean, more judges. They're going to have quicker access to our, you know, to our tax dollars. We have a, a staggering amount of homeless people in America that we can barely help ourselves. Our, our, our welfare system is in shambles. We are lifting ship and I'm sorry, we can't save the world. So but by saying that, you know, a lot of these people that are coming and we, and, and I, I they're using the, the term asylees. They, they, they're not coming from a war torn country or, or some big, big dictatorship of government or something that's, you know, so I don't understand why why people are using the word uh, asylees. It just does not make any sense to me. So adding judges and, and, and adding more agents, like you're saying, to process these people quicker is a quicker access for them to have access to our ta- ta- tax dollars. Yeah, we that seems like veterans. a bigger uh, magnet than what's currently going, and that magnet's pretty strong, has been for three it, years. Exactly. Exactly, and, and and that's my point. I mean, it, it's just appalling how you, you're saying on one one end, making it sound like you want to secure the border, but then on the other side of, of the other side, you're just dancing around your words, and and and, and I, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, well, people, can can you please remember that you know, like you said, when when he was in the first day in office, he everything that Donald Trump did for this country that was good, he tore down. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm not a mega, I'm not I'm not one of those. Uh, fanatical guys, but yes, I, I, I will say that I do favor Donald, Donald Trump because at this point, 
we we need him to survive politically. I'm, I'm, I'm talking politically. We need him for now, and then we because this this border situation is getting out of hand. All right, Elias. Thank you. Have a good afternoon, sir. Just remember, Biden wants these millions of people here. He made it plain in the campaign that was his goal. He has achieved it. And he wants them to get legal status to remain here. You heard him mention the Chamber of Commerce. They want them as well. They think it's cheap labor. That's why they endorse this. Neither one of them wants these people deported. Just remember that. They want them to remain here under legal cover. They do. And I don't even think they're trying to hide that anymore. There's... You heard Ed mention it earlier, but the White House has started referring to everyone that's here illegally as the newcomers. That doesn't say we don't want illegals crossing the border. It says, come and you'll be welcomed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Come one, come all. Uh, Let's go to uh, Philip in Belton at 411 on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Philip. How are you this afternoon? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts? Hey, uh, I have a friend whose husband used to be a border patrol down by, uh, they lived in Falcon Heights on the border. Yes. Um, he's now DPS in Waco. He left because um, he said that you could hire as many agents as you want, but if the policy is not there to stop them and turn them around, uh, it does no good. You can line, he said, you can line us up from shoulder to shoulder, but our job is to hold their hand and bring them in. Um, we can't turn them around. We can't tell them go back. We can't use physical authority to push them back across. So he said, uh, "Resources don't help. It needs a whole new, ref- a whole new policy change in order to stop it." So, yeah, I like but- how Biden kept saying, "Resources, resource." Well, coming from the the mouth of the border patrol, resources won't help. Yeah, and we've heard that from other uh, Border Patrol sources. In fact, the head of their union has been saying that yeah. for th- for three years yeah, it- now. And it's crazy, and it made him actually leave. Um, they left the area. They live up in Waco, and now he's a DPS agent. And he said it just was not what he wanted to do, so he had to do a, a career change. Still law enforcement, but you know, he said resources are a joke when you can't uphold what yeah. you want to do. When your hands are tied and you don't have the ability to carry out your job requirements that you thought were your job requirements and instead you're sent to babysit and handhold those that are coming across illegally i can imagine going sent what i signed up for i'm Mm -hmm. out of here yes philip thank you we want to hear your thoughts your comments join the conversation 512-836-0590 and now back to the mark and melinda show join the conversation at 512-836-0590 it is 4.15. We hope you're having a great afternoon. Thank you for joining us. We're focusing on President Biden's comments. We carried uh, a good portion of what he had to say live. We caught all of his comments about the border. We got to join it a little bit late, but he was talking about the Texas fire in the panhandle. And he uh, linked it to climate change and the climate crisis. And he pledged we'll do everything we can to help the people in the panhandle recover from that fire. I, I mean, I guess he was in Texas and he felt the need to address that. But you're there because of the border. Address that first and then you can add in and we're giving resources to Texas to help w- with the, the fire. It, it just seemed very odd, that placement there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and again, I know we kind of joined it after he started talking, but that's what he started talking about. Yes. Was climate change. Yes. And the Neanderthals that don't believe in it. Yes, he did lead with that. And then he got into the border situation. So we heard all of that live and we're getting your thoughts. He was hitting the the main themes that we anticipate he'll be repeating from now until Election Day, that he's the one that actually wants to do something about the situation on the border. It's the Republicans, including Trump, who've been standing in the way and not letting that happen. And he again said, I call on the Republicans to get a spine and join the bipartisan effort to improve border policy, <laughs> policies and security and immigration laws. And I call on people to get a spine and call him out for the lie that he is telling. Um, President Trump, former President Trump, he didn't have the problem that we are seeing under President Biden. So that had nothing to do with the Republicans or the Democrats in Congress. On day one, Biden decided to create this mess. And now he wants to say that it is on Congress, that only Congress can fix it. You created it without Congress, so you can fix it without Congress. So this lie about it's on the Republicans and it's on Trump, no, you created the entire chaos that is going on there. You can't now, in year three and a half, go down there for, I think, the second time and point to it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, because he was largely silent for three years about the flood of illegal immigrants and the fentanyl deaths mounting across the country. Not a word for the most part, for three years. But now in the election year, his political handlers have decided you need to get out there and start talking about this and try to change your polling numbers. And that's it right there. Polling started to show that the border and immigration was becoming one of the top two items that voters were most concerned about. And then it started growing and growing that this was becoming one of the top items. And they said, well, you got to go say something. Yes, uh, there's new battleground state polling out today from Bloomberg. 62% of people living in these seven key battleground states blame Biden for the border crisis. 62%. Rob is with us at 418 on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Rob. Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. I think the... uh Texas Secretary of State to remove Biden from the ballots for uh, not faithfully executing the laws of the United States as he uh, pledged to do in his oath of office, and uh, also for running an influence peddling and money laundering scheme when he was vice president. All right. uh, Thank you, Rob. Have a good afternoon. And that's what All of these efforts in certain states to keep Trump off the ballot, if they are successful, that's what this is going to come to. What state is going to decide, you know what, the current whoever's running is not good for our state. They've harmed our state, so we're not going to allow them on the ballot. Yes, a tit for tat all across Mm -hmm. the country. Uh, Tyler is with us at 420. Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Tyler. How are you? Good morning, guys. Thank you all so much for taking my call. Yes, welcome aboard. What are your thoughts? 
Well, we, I just recently got back. Uh, TMPA uh, is who I work for. We just recently got back from Eagle Pass ourselves in law enforcement today. We were embedded uh, there with Texas DPS, and uh, we're joined by Texas Comptroller Glenn Hager. And the, the numbers were absolutely startling. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys were aware, aware of this, but prior to uh, Biden taking office, Texas set aside about $8 million for state police resources to combat you know, narcotics, and so forth to fund, you know, Texas uh, state police forces. Since Biden has taken office, and this fiscal year is what uh, Comptroller Hager was 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 referring to, they have increased that budget to seven billion dollars uh, to secure our border. And I think it's a testament to a couple of things: one, that the that the federal government is not fulfilling their duties uh, to secure our border, but it's also a testament that I think our state ele- our state elected officials are committed to uh, to keeping Texas state or safe. It, it, it's 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 also a a, a confirmation that all, that we were down there that border patrol aside from what the mainstream media is wanting everyone to believe uh border patrol was in and out of shelby park they were constantly working together with dps and the texas national guard uh and so you know i went down there as a 20-year cop and i've always been proud to be uh what i what, what i did in my profession and be a texan but i left there seeing cops I went down there seeing cops and I left, I left knowing patriots. Uh, and it was so impactful to, to, to see the men and women of law enforcement, not just with EPS, but border patrol, uh, and see the commitment that they have day in and day out. It was truly remarkable. Yeah. And Tyler, we've heard from, um, that the border patrol agents there were, they're in favor of what Texas has done there at Shelby Park. They had no issue with it. It was just Biden and his administration that didn't like it. So what you saw firsthand backs that up. They are all working together, and their purpose is to secure and patrol the border. One hundred percent. And I'll, I'll even say you another uh, shocking statistic since Biden has taken office. I want you guys to really think about this. The men and women of Border Patrol, whom we have the utmost respect for, uh, want to go out there and do a good job. And they want to go out there and secure our borders. And their hands are tied. And I think the viewers and listeners out there that, that are listening to this understand that. But since Biden has taken office, the suicide rate, the suicide rate amongst the Border Patrol agents have increased by 60 percent, according to Chris Cabrera, who is their vice president of the National Border Patrol Union. That's that is that is startling. And I think it confirms the dedication that the men and women of Border Patrol truly want to secure our borders. Uh, and so there, there needs to be change. Uh, and hopefully there's change on the horizon. Uh, but I just want to share those, you know, those thoughts uh, of, of what we saw when we were down there. Uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was obvious to us. We went to Mission, Texas three months ago uh, and saw, you know, that was at the height of the immigration, you know, situation going on. And we saw one, one illegal uh, illegally crossing the river. Uh, during during our time there, so there's a there's a significant difference from then to now, and I think it had everything to do with securing our border with 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 walls, uh, with law enforcement presence, and so you know hats off to the Texas state government for doing what they what they need to do. Tyler, as as you talk to your law enforcement colleagues across Texas who are working for cities and towns and counties, uh, have they shared their sense of any increase in crime? Since Biden initiated his open border policy in 2021, can they can they link that policy to what they're seeing in their local in their local jurisdictions? Yes, sir. I, in fact, I can actually speak on. We were down there and we spoke with Kidney County Sheriff uh, Sheriff Coe, 
put things in perspective, it's a rural county just north of Maverick County. Uh, the, the sheriff's office itself has about six deputies and then one, uh, one more, including the sheriff. So you've got seven, seven total uh, deputies that service that entire county as far as the sheriff's office is concerned. It is so bad since the border crisis began. And let's, let's, let me make something else clear, too. This is not a Republican-Democrat issue. This is a humanitarian crisis going on, and our federal government's completely turned a blind eye to it. But it's so bad that he has had to reach out to Galveston County Sheriff's Office and Goliad County Sheriff's Office to supplement the amount of call for service and crime in his own county. Think about that. Because his, had, his local staff is tied up dealing with the illegal immigrants? Absolutely. And, and, and to think about that, you know, me as a 20-year cop, I, I, I primarily worked in East Texas. You know, I, I can probably name or, or count, you know, I've been involved with 18 to 20 pursuits roughly in the 2023 year. Kenny County that has six patrol deputies and one sheriff had 263 vehicle pursuits come through that county. Mm, wow. Versus 60 you know, the, the several years before, they roughly averaged 50 to 60 before. Of course, we're talking about bailouts and, and you know, smugglers coming across. But that is a vast, that is a huge difference of, of an open border, you know, open border policy. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a humanitarian crisis going on there at the border. But, uh, you know, I want, the, I want the listeners to understand that our members with TMPA and other law enforcement organizations out there, uh, we remain committed. And law enforcement is really just caught in the middle. Yeah, and that's the, that's the sad part of it. As, as I'm sitting here watching um, as, as Biden's leaving off and I'm seeing the Border Patrol that's standing behind there, um, they're not joyful to be there. And I imagine their thought is, you're taking time away from our job mm-hmm. where we are supposed to be uh, patrolling the border. But here we are standing as your backdrop. Yep, yep. I, I completely agree. And, and and speaking on support of law enforcement, you know, we've got this upcoming election on Tuesday uh, with Jose Garza, which is a completely different story. Uh, you know, that's a, that, that, that's a different topic, different situation. But I, I think that, you know, uh, the Soros experiment has, uh, is hopefully close to an end. And, and I would urge people to uh, seek another candidate, seek someone who believes in public safety and has values within victims of, uh, of violent crimes. Because I think that as we're, we're, we're seeing the ads come out uh, and we're seeing victims speak out, uh, I think the left is finally starting to realize that Austin will not become the next Seattle. Austin will not become, you know, San Francisco. Uh, and I think that we have, there's a pivotal moment on Tuesday that we can take Austin back. You know, Austin's always been known as, as or the slogan for Austin is keep Austin weird. I think it's been branded, you know, we've embraced it. Uh, and that may be true. And we, and we, and we certainly want off, we, we, we want Austin to remain weird, but let's not keep it dangerous. Tyler, thank you yes. so much. We appreciate that update, sir. Have a good afternoon. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Tyler Owen, Texas Municipal Police Officers Association. Well, and to his last point there about hopefully on Tuesday we'll be able to start seeing these Soros-funded DAs start making their exit. And he <laughs> mentioned uh, San Francisco. They're starting to see a turnaround there, too. In fact, we talked about a story a little bit earlier. And in that article, one of the lines that stood out to me said, the love for the left is diminishing. And I think I took from that the policies that they have brought Mm -hmm. in, whether it is defund the police or we've got to be soft on crime or we can't hold criminals responsible um, we can't hold drug addicts responsible. All we can do is shell out money to them. It is really starting to take a hold to the voters 
how dangerous and how just unsustainable that is. And they're starting to turn the tide just a little bit to say, we're not accepting that anymore. Let's go to Ron and Leander on KLBJ. Good afternoon, Ron. Hi, guys. How you doing? Fine, Ron. Uh, so I'm just, you know, listening to Biden's speech, I was stunned by something that I think that we have to look at the broader picture. Yes, this situation that he's created and he absolutely created is absolutely horrifying and the, and the people that are being killed because of it. But if you look at the overall bigger arching picture, this man is the most pathological liar that we've ever had in the office of the presidency. And it started way back when he was lying to people in his first bid back in the 80s. This, this guy isn't just uh, dumb. He isn't just instituting bad policy. It's not policy differences that are causing it. This is truly now, we're in the, uh, the fight of our lives. This is good against evil. This is targeted against this country to bring it down. This isn't just bad policy. These folks like Biden and his cabal and the, and the world order they're trying to be a part of, this is trying to destroy what America is and stands for because of our strength. They have to, re- they have to reduce our strength turn us into a Marxist social society, and Joe Biden will look us in the face on that, on that interview he just did or that speech he just did and lie directly to our face, and he does it on a daily basis, and he's pathological. That man is evil, and we're all in this country in trouble because of this. Ron, thank you. 512-836-0590. We'll get more of your comments coming up just ahead. Calls and texts right here on KLBJ. And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. We're getting your reaction to the comments by President Biden. He was in Brownsville. We carried it live on KLBJ. He's now departing on his way back to Washington, D.C. We'll also share some audio from former President Trump's comments in Eagle Pass coming up just ahead. Mike is with us at 432. Good afternoon. How are you today, Mike? I'm doing well. How are you all today? Fine, Mike. Welcome. Yeah, so I was calling in regards to that speech, and, you know, there seems to be this reoccurring theme with uh, uh, the president, Biden. Um, In regards to, he keeps on bringing up um, former President Trump's name um, in regard to opposition to this legislation. Um, The peculiar thing about it is that this is a legislative issue. Uh, President Trump is not in office. Um, Although, you know, he may have supporters um, that are currently serving in the House and the Senate. I mean, this is is not in his hands. And this this weird, peculiar ploy that he keeps on using, saying that, uh, uh, and and I'm guessing this is in relation to try to sway voters towards the election, uh, keeps on reiterating Trump's name in regards to opposition to this um, to this to this legislation that has been denied when Trump really has nothing to do with it it's the House and the Senate you know that's that's where these laws are created um, that's where the responsibility lies and until they come up with something that's solid and that's going to guarantee um, uh, the safety and the security and something that's reasonable for people uh, that need to immigrate, uh, it just, it really doesn't make any sense. It's, it, and, uh, and then I also wanted to mention, you know, there's another peculiarity um, along with the, uh, the stay that was put on uh, Abbott's um, upcoming law in regards to arresting uh, 
illegal immigrants that come into the state of Texas, you know, there's a big double standard there as well um, because, uh, you know, he said uh, the premise that Abbott is uh, interfering with federal um, law by trying to take over immigration, yet we have all of these um, uh, uh, sanctuary cities that are have been doing this, uh, in it, uh, interfering with federal law and made laws that uh, are in violation of immigration law for many years now. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, Mike. Thank you. And yet you don't see the federal government suing those sanctuary cities the way it's suing Texas, Texas over the buoys yeah. or the razor wire or SB4. No, in fact, they're sending them more funding to the sanctuary cities than they do send to Texas, who who sees the majority of those that cross. Yes, and, and Mike is right. This trip today uh, has one purpose, to try to change the polling numbers on this issue for President Biden. Uh, the Bloomberg Battleground poll released today shows 62% of people in those battleground states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, et cetera, blame Biden for the border crisis. Well, you heard him talk. Does it change his polling numbers any? I don't think what he just said does. Because it's the same thing that we've already heard. Yes. Uh, And it'll be the same thing that we will hear all the way up until November. I don't think it changes a thing. And it comes on the tail end of a week that has shown us that some of the illegals that are coming here how bad of actors they really are. Talking about the death of Lake and Riley, talking about the rape of young kids, talking about the death of young kids, talking about the death of officers that have come at the hands of those that are here illegally that Joe Biden has allowed into our country. And then also it's backed up by several of them having been in these sanctuary cities where they would not cooperate with ICE so that they could be deported. Let's go to Miguel in Leander with Mark and Melinda. Good afternoon, Miguel. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing doing great. Very well. Thank you. Welcome aboard, Miguel. What are your thoughts, sir? I just wanted to share my thought as a Venezuelan legal immigrant who became a U.S. citizen. As a Venezuelan, I feel ashamed by the crime that's happening right now that my people is committing, and I want to apologize to all the American people for it. Well, as a legal immigrant, I feel disrespected because this administration is really treating us stupid. All the process that I have to go through to reach here, now everybody can cross there, and it's like, uh, open door and uh, as as a US citizen I feel insulted very, very insulted because what, what I'm paying taxes for mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. the Venezuelan prisons the Venezuelan jails are suspiciously empty we know that where these people are we know where they are they are here committing crimes they are here committing crimes now I am afraid of what could happen to me because those are the same people that I fled away from. Well, I, I understand. And uh, I think the vast majority of Americans recognize that not all Venezuelans are these criminals. We, we recognize that the vast majority who've come here legally are great people. You're doing it the right way, the way we all welcome and yes. applaud 
do it legally and become American citizens loyal to this country. That's that's what we're asking for. And that's what I came to do. I came to work for this country. Now my loyalty resides here, as it's supposed to be. Yes, yes. Uh, you realize what a great country this is, the best in the world, full of opportunity. Oh. And I can understand oh, why. Yes, sir. That's true. I understand why you're angry in these news stories of people who came illegally from Venezuela and are committing these horrendous crimes. Well, and I can't help but wonder why the Biden administration, do they think that this will sit well for everyone like Miguel that has come here legally, that they'll they'll be on board with this and that they think that this is the right way to go? Oh, no, no. I mean, everyone who come here, who came here legally, they will feel in the same because they have to go through a process. They have to, we have, to, I have to take seven, seven vaccines. I have to go through a medical check. I have to go through a psychological check. I have to go to a background criminal check. So where all that went? It went, it went through the toilet. Means nothing right now. Miguel, uh, when did you arrive in the United States from Venezuela? 2000, May 2018, sir. Okay. And uh, for the people who, who don't follow the news closely, briefly tell them what it's like in Venezuela under Maduro, the communist dictator, and the dictator before Maduro. Oh, man. I mean, it's nothing like the news. It's worse. It's a hellhole. It's a complete hellhole. Do you remember a time when the COVID was happening that everybody was lining up just for toilet paper? Yes. Now imagine lining up for everything that you have to get for to 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 feed your family, to for for keeping yourself healthy, to get medicines, to get the basics for for to be a, a prosperous in your life. That doesn't exist there. It's a hellhole. If you know slavery, new slavery is happening there with. The teachers get $5 salary per month, not even per hour, per month. People do not imagine that. No, I Mm. I, I was talking last week with a a Venezuelan man, Miguel, who who came here legally, and he said he worked 14 hours a day in Venezuela every day, no day off, and he got the $5 that you're talking about. Yes, sir, that's true. It's not a lie. Mm. Yes, three jobs, 14 hours a day. For five dollars, and uh, true. in Venezuela, at one time, Miguel, you know this better than anybody, was the most prosperous country in South America before Maduro yes. and the communists got control. Yes, that's true. Everybody wanted us. Every, wherever we, we went, we were received with open doors because we were the Arabia Saudi of of South America. We had the money. Oh, we have the oil. We have everything. Mm. Now that socialism and communism is there, we have nothing. Mm. So the only thing I can say to the American people, wise up and reject socialism because socialism takes you to communism and you don't want to live there. Well said, mm-hmm. Miguel. Thank you, sir, for calling in. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to me, sir. I appreciate it. Have a great you evening. Have a nice day. Yes, have a good day, Miguel. Thank you. 512-836-0590. We hear it every time from callers, Melinda who say, I came here legally, and this is a huge insult to me. What's going on? And that's why I, I don't understand the Biden. Either they don't care for the votes of those that have uh, legally come here, 
that's the only thing I can think of, because otherwise, why would you be so vocal and so for what is happening right now, encouraging what is happening right now with so many to come across illegally? And then even, you know, float that idea about, well, we need to just give a blanket amnesty to them all. Uh, Biden is in the grip of the, the radical left. They, they they grabbed him in the campaign, and he campaigned openly. I want a surge of migrants. And on day one, he opened the floodgates. Well, and the radical left wants what Miguel just warned about, mm-hmm. that you don't want. Yes. That's socialism. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590. It's Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Let's go to Andrew and Colleen at 445. Hello, Andrew. How are you? Good afternoon. I'd just like to say to Miguel, sir, you do not need to apologize. It's not your fault. Don't for a second think that it's your fault. Exactly. We're proud to have people like you come into this country. Yes. Anyway, yes. I, I'm, I'm really perplexed. Say 10 million illegals have come over in the last three years. If a million of them have created violent crime or rape or DUIs, why wouldn't the Democratic Party still at least send those people back? You still have nine million here, because obviously the majority of them that do come here don't create don't do crimes. And I just underst- I just don't understand why they why they're letting the violent ones stay. Because if they did deport them, then it kind of defuses the whole argument that a lot of people have that say, hey, they're coming over here, they're doing terrible things. See what I'm saying? I just, yes. Uh, why, I, wouldn't I, you, why wouldn't you get rid of them? I, I don't get it. The, the violent ones I'm talking about. Right. Well, uh, in their way of thinking, and this is my speculation, they don't even want to crack the door open, even one half of an inch in terms of deportations. Because they think uh, there will be an outcry, let's deport all of them. That's the way they seem to look at it. Uh, just, I just, just break, breaks my heart, man. It's just so, so horrible. We just, as a country, we don't deserve this. Well, look, let's you know? look at the the case right now, Andrew, of the aspiring nurse in Georgia, Lake and Riley. So uh, sad. That that guy should have been deported at El Paso mm-hmm. when they apprehended him. The second chance was in New York when he was arrested and charged with a felony. There were two golden opportunities to get rid of that guy and send him back to Venezuela, where he yeah, probably I mean, was in prison. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is probably there's more atrocities than, than we'll ever know of. You know, I think the higher-ups and the ones that are that are making this happen, they know about it, and they're ignoring it, and that's, that's, that's sad. I just I, I pray for all of them. Well, the anyway. guy, the Andrew, the guy who's the highest up of all the high up guys, President Biden, was asked about Lake and Riley today in Brownsville by a reporter. What happened, Melinda? Hey, he turned his back and walked out of the room. Did not address it whatsoever, um, which is the second day in a row that has happened. Yesterday, he was meeting and talking about crime and did not mention Lake and Riley, did not mention any crime being committed by anyone that's here illegally, just left that out of the, the talks. And then his, his mouthpiece, Jean-Pierre, who speaks a lot for the White House on his behalf, was, asked, was on CNN, and they asked her 
about Lake and Riley, and she stumbled all over herself and could not come up with anything decent to say. Uh, part of her response was to blame this on the Republicans and also um, the person, whoever the person is responsible. Andrew, uh, thank you. Have a good afternoon. Here is that soundbite. This is the full soundbite. Corinne Jean-Pierre today on CNN as they asked her about the savage murder of Lake and Riley in Athens, Georgia. Here's what she had to say. Horrific, horrific loss for any family. And obviously, uh, any if whoever is found guilty, uh, we need to make sure that uh, make sure that that happens. And obviously, uh, we don't want to uh, we don't want to see uh, anything happen like that again. But here's the thing. We have done the work. Uh, to make sure we're dealing with a broken immigration system. The Republicans have gotten in the way. They have gotten in the way. And that's what we continue to see over and over and over again. And so, look, this is a serious, this is a serious matter. Just disgusting. One, to say whoever the person is did not mention that the suspect is here illegally. And then, but... What we really need to focus on is the Republicans aren't, they're the ones to blame for this. Mm-hmm. It, it's sad that they can't even take a moment to, to realize that perhaps their policies that allowed for this suspect to come in here illegally, uh, the fact that they don't call for these sanctuary cities demand that they work with ICE instead of being able to be allowed to not participate with that could have led to this death that did not need to happen. Former President Trump was talking about Lake and Riley and all the U.S. citizens who have become victims at the hands of illegal immigrants as he was in Eagle Pass today. Here's uh, one of the things former President Trump had to say. Last year, almost half of all ICE arrests were criminal aliens charged for more than 33,000 assaults, 3,000 robberies, 6,900 burglaries, 7,500 weapons crimes. This is all migrant crime. And uh, one more from former President Trump on that topic. Every time you hear the term migrant crime, you know where that comes from, allowing thousands and thousands and actually millions and millions of people to come. Could be 15 million, could be 18 million by the time he uh, gets out of office. All right, 512-836-0590. Bob is in Cedar Park with Mark and Melinda. Hello, Bob. Hey, guys. I was just going to mention, you know, let's let's just use the simple numbers, Okay. Let's pretend one in a hundred is a bad apple, which I think is probably worse than that. But let's just assume being conservative for the Democrats' sake. Now, you're talking about their numbers, 10 million, right, that have come in. I'm sure it's double that. But you're you're literally talking about 100,000 criminals in the entire prison population in the United States is like 1.1 million. So you're talking about a 10% increase in the amount of criminals that are just running around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how anyone can escape basic math, giving them very generous assumptions like that. And the other point I want to make is it's kind of sad. We never rally <clears throat> around these moments of frustration 
you know, with this poor girl in Georgia. I mean, why are there not people just all out in the streets protesting, burning stuff down? I mean, well, Bob, our moment like that. They they didn't burn anything down, but they had a huge number of people turn out for the vigil for her. I believe it was held last night there in Georgia. Uh, And there were thousands upon thousands that turned out for that. Whenever the, was it the mayor or the DA that was giving a press conference yesterday? The mayor. You had individuals that were just disgusted uh, with the way that he was handling this and were lashing out. Um, This, they're rallying. They're rallying. It may not be something that makes the everyday news, uh, but they're they're out there and people are starting or are completely fed up with it. Yeah, and I don't I don't really mean burn something down. You get what I'm I'm referring to everything that we went through, you know, with the riots back during COVID. And the whole point is just like I'm to blame too. I mean, I'm not I'm not taking time out of my day to organize some, you know, mass demonstration to all of this. But it's like we're we're being given opportunities as a country to come together and be just millions of people all over the country set up. But the problem is typically conservative people are productive people that are too busy. And it's, it's a sad reality. We're not really doing, making the sacrifices necessary to just have our voices heard probably. Well, Bob, uh, one thing uh, everybody can do is vote in the primaries, do some homework, look at those candidates find out where they stand on immigration, crime, law and order, and then get out and vote. Uh, Bob, thank you for the call. That's a a very important step that everyone should be doing. We've got a great example right here in Travis County. There's a primary challenger facing off against the incumbent DA, Garza, who is ultra soft on crime. It's an opportunity for people who are sick of the crime in Austin and Travis County to take to out it. Garza, yes. To make that change. Yes. Uh, Maria is with us, 454. Maria, good afternoon. Welcome to KLBJ. Hello, guys. Um, I'm so sorry if I'm all over the place, but I'm a little bit upset. So I came to the U.S. in 2016. I became a citizen with full rights in 2019. It was a long process that cost many thousands of dollars. Um, I had to study. I had to do everything in order to become a U.S. citizen. Now, uh, when I had a baby, I applied for my mother to get residency because, of course, I needed her more to be here with me. Today, 20 minutes ago, I just opened a letter saying that my request has been denied after paying thousands of dollars for paperwork and applying for residency. I'm really, really revolted of how much America has changed in the past years. I'm also a European citizen, and what's happening there, it's also not cool. Did did they give a specific reason why they were turning down your application? No, they usually don't give you a reason. They just say that the application has been denied. It's impossible to reach out to them. It's impossible to talk to an actual human being at the USCIS. I've tried calling numerous times. Um, I've tried emailing. Nobody's usually getting back to you. 
And 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 what was your home country originally, Maria? It's Romania. Okay. And and yes. you arrived here in 2016, is that what you said? Yes, and I got my citizenship in 2019. Okay. But your uh, application for the family member has been denied? Yes. Yes, it was just denied. I mean, I just opened the letter literally 20 minutes ago. And so when you see the images on TV or the photographs of people crossing in huge numbers illegally, what goes through your mind? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so angry. I think that's the word to describe how I feel right now. Um, it's just, I, I, I'm just speechless. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Uh, besides the fact that they are allowed to cross, they also get money. Um, and yeah, is, is that fair towards us, the taxpayers? No, it's no, not. not at all. Clearly, it is not. Uh, Maria, best of luck with that. If you have an immigration attorney, uh, get on the yeah. phone with them right away. If you don't have one, reach out and find one. There are numerous in Austin. Uh, good luck with all of that. Mm. Uh, we have news coming up next at the top of the hour and much more to cover right after the news here on KLBJ. And we'll bring you more of the comments that President Biden made in Brownsville, some more from President Trump, and other big stories coming up throughout the afternoon. It's 512-836-0590. Mark and Melinda on KLBJ. Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio. KLBJ.